0: Who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group. Text Just News to 989898 right now. Hello, America, and happy Wednesday, a turbulent day in Washington, D.C., for sure. A few hours ago, the second effort to elect Jim Jordan, the United States Speaker of the House. Fell short. Actually, Jim Jordan lost a net total of two votes. Now, he picked up some people who had voted against him and then some other people who had voted for him had dropped out. The net total is he was 22 votes short today after being 20 votes short yesterday. But that does not mean this dynamic is dead yet. It means that there's just a lot of wheeling and dealing going on. And we're going to kick off the show today with somebody who's right in the middle, knowing exactly what's going on. Not what the media is reporting, but what's really going on in the Republican conference, what's going on in the floor, what's going on in the Jim Jordan circles. And that is Congressman Andy Biggs, one of the key members of the House Freedom Caucus, its former chairman, uh, honest broker on the budget, honest broker on what's really going on. He's going to give you the straight, unvarnished truth, whether you like it or not. It's good to have the facts, right? You might not be happy with the dynamic, but it's important to know what's really going on, not what the media spin, not what the pundits on television are telling you. So Andy Biggs is going to kick us off today with a great interview. You're literally going to have top-notch intelligence coming out of what's really going on in the Jim Jordan saga right now in the house. Then... Later in the show, we've got some other great guests. Senator Marshall Blackburn spent some time with us yesterday. We wanted to get you a special version of that for the podcast. She has been leading the charge to prevent Palestinians, refugees, from being allowed into the United States, prevent the $6 billion that Joe Biden unfroze, stop that from going to Iran, the backers of Hamas and Hezbollah, and to make sure that aid to Hamas As long as Palestine is under the control of Hamas, it doesn't go to Hamas. Joe Biden today offered $100 million in humanitarian aid. Grave concern. Now, again, no no one wants to be against humanitarian aid. We will help everyone, but not sending it in to Palestine right now when Hamas is still operationally in control of the Strip. So we're going to get the straight talk from Senator Marshall Blackburn on the second segment of the show. In the third segment of the show, it is a Mac Wednesday, right? One of my favorite moments. And Bobby Charles, former assistant secretary of state. A former chief congressional investigator, former clerk in a federal Appeals Court, and a former Navy intelligence officer. Today, he's the national spokesman for AMAC. He's going to give us his take on all that is playing out behind the scenes in the Hamas Israel War, the horror of the terror, the spin, the story about the hospital bombing, which most news media got wrong. I think we got it right here at Justin News. I'm very proud of that. But Bobby Charles on AMAC Wednesday will bring that all to clarity today. Now, Shortly after the vote for Jim Jordan ended, a group called Jews for Peace, I believe that's what it's called, they breached the U.S. Capitol building. By the way, these are not pro-Israel protesters by any mean. These are left-leaning liberal groups. They breached the Cannon building, one of the House office buildings. Hundreds of people got inside the building. Police were ill-prepared to stop the entry or to clear it out quickly. It took a couple of hours to clear out the building. And I bring this out because on this show many times, we've had Chairman Brian Stile, we've had Chairman Barry Loudermilk, we've had other lawmakers, and they all have said the same thing. You know what that is? The U.S. Capitol complex, meaning the House Office buildings, the Capitol building itself, the adjoining properties, is no safer today than it was on January 5th, 2021. That The lessons of police failure, police insecurities that... Just the news is exposed on this program, on the television show, with the video footage we put out. They haven't been learned. They haven't been reformed enough. And as a result, the United States Capitol today, at least one of its house office buildings easily overrun by a group of protesters who had no right to launch a protest in that building. That's a pretty extraordinary thing. And there's video footage. There is extraordinary effort showing the police struggling to get the building under control. Lawmakers were a little bit concerned. Wow, it just keeps happening. And on this program, on Just the News, the website, with all the work we did by going through the video footage, there was one recurring theme, and that is that the United States Capitol Police have not improved significantly. Their posture And tonight is a really, really good example of that. We have live coverage over at justthenews.com. Go check that out. I think it's really important. But it is an extraordinary moment of failure. Again, the Capitol Police knew this group and others like it were organizing today. They issued warnings last night for members of Congress to use the tunnels and not to go outside. They knew the size of the permit, the number of people coming. And despite all that, they did not have enough officers to prevent the building from being taken over by protesters. They didn't have enough officers to arrest in a timely fashion those who had breached the building or improperly set up a protest when they had no right to be inside the building. As you know, Republicans opened up the building so anyone can enter. But once they come in with signs and protests, they're entering as a protester. Their ability to be there is negated. And the police took many long hours. I think it was about two hours to clear that building. They're still clearing out even as we speak right now. That is an extraordinary failure that we shouldn't lose sight of, because it's been predicted. We've been talking about it on this show time and time again. And I think that that's one of the, the main concerns that we have and why we did the journalism we did over the last year, we looked at the videotapes. Listen, a lot of the videotapes show people acting badly on January 6th. but the police failures, the loss of the handcuffs on the ground, the loss of equipment, the propping out of a door that they didn't know deactivated the locking system. There were serious signs that the Capitol police were at fault on January six. Could have done better. Could have prevented maybe the complete breach of the United States Capitol. And today, on a far less threat, less threatening protest. They underperformed again, and I think that's one of the most important aspects of today's lesson and the message that Just the News and its good reporting has delivered to the American people time and again over the last years. Now, before we go to commercial break and come back with Andy Biggs and Marsha Blackburn and Bobby Charles, I want to start with a story that my great colleague Stephen Richards wrote today on Just the News. A lot of people have asked me, John, how can it be that so many young liberal college students are against Israel and for Hamas, for Palestine, against, I have a a great sense of anti-Semitism. You've seen it on the campuses at Harvard and other UPenn and other places. And the answer is over the last decade or two, there has been a very well-financed effort to influence the U.S. education system and the U.S. politics system by Arab states, states that do not support Israel or only tacitly, support israel but behind the scenes are trying to undermine it and they have poured literally billions of dollars billions with a b into the u.s education system and into the u.s political system the leader of that effort is the very country that harbors a lot of the hamas leaders today qatar it's a Persian Gulf state. Yeah, it cooperates with the U.S. on some military operations and on some diplomatic operations. But at the same time, it gives safe haven to Hamas leaders. It has allowed publications and websites to flourish that promote anti-Israel sentiments. And it has invested $77 million to hire 29 foreign lobbyists since 2016 to influence the United States policy. Not other countries, but ours. That's according to the FARA database at the Justice Department. <laughs> It has invested $1.6 billion since June 2020 in U.S. education institutions, places like Harvard and George Washington University and other American universities, to try to change the curriculum, tilt it towards the Palestinians and away from the Jewish state of Israel. And these experts, many of them, like Walid Faris, who was on the show yesterday, they say that this is the driving force why so many students have been indoctrinated to hate Israel or oppose Israel and support Palestine, despite the fact that Palestine is in the throes or grips of Hamas, a clear terrorist organization. And I want to run down some of the other countries. Saudi Arabia, another country that hasn't been particularly fond of Israel, 144 million on lobbying, 3.1 billion to U.S. colleges and institutions. The United Arab Emirates, 160 million on U.S. lobbyists, 335 million and higher U.S. education donations and contracts. So you put all that together, you're looking at about, oh, if I'm doing the math right, about five billion plus in donations to colleges and hundreds of millions more in lobbying efforts to influence U.S. opinion, U.S. policymakers, and certainly the curriculum of U.S. education institutions, colleges, higher learning. All of that combined, well, it helps explain, like what Waleed Farah said on the show yesterday, how we've gotten to this point. Brian Leib, who you're going to hear later in the week on the show, he's executive director of Case Pack. It's a federal political action committee dedicated to combating anti-Semitism. He says, the amount of money that these Arab states are pouring into the United States to influence our future generations of adults, our students in college, through their universities, is a driving force of this anti-Semitism wave that we see and often are confounded by in the United States. So that's the real truth. Great piece of reporting from my colleague, Stephen Richards, that you should take a, a look at on the Justin News website. It is a very, very important moment in just tallying up those numbers and understanding the dynamic, which often falls below the radar here in Washington. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to start off with Andy Biggs. Before we do, just a quick word about one of our new sponsors, someone i really excited to have aboard. I'd like to welcome our good friends at Factor, one of our newest sponsors and advertisers. With the busy fall season already in swing, and you know that, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, or dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved healthy ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. It only takes two minutes to cook them. I've been using these as a lunch uh, when I'm trying to eat healthy at work. And you know, as you know, I've been trying to lose weight and eat and work on my health in 2023. I've had a lot of success. Well, Factor is one of the many reasons I'm having that success. Sort of Field of Greens, another... PhD, weight loss program, a third, all of them together are just making a big difference in my health. But, you know, time is important to me. Sometimes I'm really short and I don't have time to cook a healthy meal that might take a half hour, 45 minutes, an hour, or even two hours. So Factor does the job for me. I have this great restaurant quality meal ready in two minutes and it's healthy. It's dietitian approved. I love that. And here's one of the great things. Factor wants to help you get on a path of healthier eating. And listeners today can get 50% off, 50% off, you heard that right, not 15, but 50, percent off, half off. Head to Factormeals.com, Factormeals.com slash JustNews50. Put the word 50, number 50 at it, you know you're getting 50% off. So go to Factormeals.com slash JustNews50 and you're going to get 50% off. You can also use the JustNews50 Special code at checkout to get that same 50% discount. You don't get 50% off anything in this Biden economic world that we live in today, but Factor Meals, they're going to do it for you. So FactorMeals.com slash Just News 50 or use the Just News 50 promo code at checkout at FactorMeals.com. All right. Andy Biggs up next after these commercial messages. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Text just news to 989898 98 98 right now. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way and feeling better. And suddenly I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down and my weight went down. And my doctor said, "Hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. As mentioned at the top of the show, day two of the Jordan vote fell short, not nearly as short as people thought. Only 22 Republican defectors, a lot more predicting a higher number. But Congress isn't very close yet to finding a speaker. And I thought I'd bring in one of the most cogent voices we have in Congress, someone who really understands what's going on at the ground, what the principles are at stake in this debate. He is Congressman Andy Biggs from the great state of Arizona. Congressman, great to have you back on the show.
1: Great to be with you, John. Thanks for having me.
0: It's an honor to have you on. Give us your top line. Jim Jordan falls 22 votes short. That's two less than he had yesterday, but I think fared much better than people thought. What message should we take from today's vote? Uh,
1: I think it's a hopeful message if you support Jim Jordan. And the reason I say that is because the prognosticators um, around here believe that he would fall between somewhere in 30 and 40. Uh, vote swing, uh, not swing, but a gap. And also, when you look back where Kevin McCarthy was at this time, right, right, roughly the same thing was going on with with Mr. McCarthy. He lost, I think, 20, then 21, then 22 in those first three votes. That tells me that, that Jim's uh, in better shape than his opponents would like. He's in better shape than some in the media that are watching would like. And, and I believe... Um, based on what I've been seeing and, and tracking, there's a couple of 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 over oversecting um clicks within the conference right now that are um, holding out and Jim They've been identified now, and Jim has got to work with them, and 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 I think he can overcome it. That's the good news. That's the takeaway people should get.
0: One of those clicks, I think, is represented by Congressman Mario Diaz-Ballard. Do you know what that might be about, where there might be some meeting of minds that have come there, or is that still locked in uncertainty?
1: It's a little, it's a little uncertain. Mario, I would categorize in in the appropriator's uh, uh, bucket. And, and, and so the appropriator's are down on on Jim they're afraid that he will be uh i how do i say this gently uh responsible um <laughs> fiscally you know i don't right.
0: know tighten the purse strings
1: yeah yeah tighten the purse strings a little bit and and i will just tell you i uh, one of the people that voted no consistently another appropriator i actually heard him say on the floor i overheard a conversation he was having and he said literally i just don't know where where we can make any cuts in the budget i don't you know and so uh, I think they're afraid that Jim's going to uh, do that. So that bucket, I, th- I think Mario's not happy with the way things went down with the motion to vacate, but that doesn't seem to be his rationale. I don't know what it is. I don't know what his motivation is, but I would say that he's kind of in that pro- appropriators bucket, and there's, what are there, uh, five or six of those appropriators that are voting no right now?
0: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that is, that's that block, and it's, I think, a head-scratcher for a lot of folks as to what it was. Or why it is that, that that holdout is there. And I want to go back to something that's interesting, because since 2019, the federal budget has gone up essentially $2 trillion. Most of that was in the name of fighting COVID. And then, of course, COVID disappears and the $2 trillion stays around. It wouldn't be that hard to go back to 2019, right? $5 trillion budget. Well, by the way, we would be able to cover that with current earnings. Why are people so afraid of going back to $5 trillion? We don't need $7 trillion, do we?
1: Well, I don't think we do. but. Um, the, my colleagues, y- you know what happens, I'll just tell you, let's, let's just talk turkey for a second. Every time you create a new program or increase the funding in a program uh, or expand an existing program, you expand the constituency of that program, department, or agency. And that's what's happened. So, And I, and I predicted it at the time that you were going to get new constituencies and you will never go back because members of Congress are afraid of those constituencies. And that's what I think is the underlying thing. It's a fundamental aspect of this. It, you know, if you study this, and I know you do, John. I know you know this. But if you study this stuff out over time, it, it, Ronald Reagan had a right. He said the nearest thing to immortality on, in this life is a federal program. And that's because they never go away. It's, and then the reason they can't go away is because of the uh, uh, consist, uh, constituency. Yeah,
0: no, you're right. It's the hardest thing to cut. A, a federal program, federal agency, they live forever. It's just a, it's a, a remarkable thing. I want to flip to the other alternative that certainly the mainstream media seems to be throwing out there, and that is, all right, tried for two weeks to get a permanent speaker. Why don't we just give the Speaker Pro Tem a two or three-month runway and empower him, Congressman McHenry, to do what he needs to get done? what happens on that? And would the Freedom Caucus that you are so closely work with every day and help found and help lead, would they support that? How many votes would peel off that sort of a solution?
1: Um, I would be surprised if it was fewer than 80 to 100 votes. Um, I was talking to uh, people who aren't in my echo chamber. Just, you know, what do you think of that? And these people were roundly, no, absolutely not. That's a bad idea. It's dangerous. We should should vote this thing out, get it over and done with Um, and Uh, But they do not want to do that because um, when you think about this, what happens is you are effectively creating a a de facto speaker. The parliamentarian has basically said that. Uh, I think there's a misinterpretation of the rules, um, but if we're interpreting it the way the parliamentarian is, then they could do that. And But the only precedent they have is, I also think, doesn't apply to this case. And, but nonetheless, they would be creating a Speaker Patrick McHenry for 90 days. And, the, and during that 90 days will be the very, very important spending bills for the next 12, 18 months. And so I think it'd be a mistake.
0: The very thing that Republicans were put in charge of, that's why Americans voted in Republicans, was to give that option. That would mean in order for a Speaker McHenry to work, he'd have to pick up 80 to 100 Democrat votes. Am I doing the math right? Maybe somewhere in that ballpark? That, that's the way I calculated. it. And to get that sort of deal, Democrats aren't going to do that out of the goodness of the heart, are they? No, it, it, they would,
1: I mean, the... What, div- what difficulty we've had with the impeachment uh, issues so far, consider that uh, that might go away. Um, I've heard all kinds of things might be in, uh, used to entice them, but uh, it's it seems to me like it's too big a hill for, for it to be climbed, quite frankly.
0: Yeah. That is something I don't think a lot of people It sounded good when people heard it Like Newt Gingrich came out this morning for things like that But actually it probably has uh, Far, far less support Than the effort to get Jim Jordan Into the speakership What is the key to for everyone who's Watching with concern, want Congress To get back to work like I know you do You want to get right back to work You'd start working tomorrow and you'd be working to midnight What's the key for Americans to watch for To know that something is moving or changing
1: Well, um Hopefully, you need to watch how quickly we get back on the floor for another vote for a speaker. Um, then, you, then the tally. You want to look at the tally um, because you know there will be some people. Um, look at that list of 22. If if any of them switch back to Jordan, uh, that'll tell you that Jordan's on his way. If they stay solid, and then you start seeing people who were Jordan switching off. Uh, Which is, by the way, is what the uh, the holdouts are holding or hoping for. That's what they want.
0: Yeah, that's what they want. You're right.
1: Yeah. um, But I still think. The vast majority is going to stay with Jordan until until he says no mosque uh, or he gets elected. And I I'm hoping that's the latter, that he gets elected.
0: While that's at work, obviously, you have been a a staunch defender of Israel. I remember when the capital moved to Jerusalem and the letters you sent and the support you gave. There's an interesting dynamic. Everybody thinks there needs to be a special appropriation of money. But in fact, apparently, Joe Biden's administration is so flush with cash, it can find the money without an appropriation. Tell us what's going on there, what a good conservative support of Israel will entail and what maybe doesn't necessarily have to happen right away, just given what the Biden administration has done
1: yeah so wh- where we sit right now is um the omni package that came out last uh, last year that was ridiculously bloated uh it did have one interesting thing and it had five years worth of funding for uh israel uh at three billion dollars a clip and additionally um just three three and a half weeks ago we passed out the Department of Defense bill which had Israel funding in it so 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 they're 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 funded um Blink, blinken said um uh a week ago that that we had all he the administration had the money it also had the authorities necessary to support supply Israel at this time and so what you've got two carrier groups that are over going to be in the eastern mediterranean um and uh they're talking about putting 2000 soldiers into Israel Now mind you Mind you, John, all that's without us being in session. Um, I'm not sure where he, where the authorities come from that Blinken's relying on, but that's what he said, and, and that's what we see happening. The other thing I would, I would remind people of is um, it isn't unusual for Congress not to be in session for lengthy periods of time. Uh, we're all back in D.C. We could go into session any time, um, but... Like let's, the August recess, they took what was that six or seven weeks this year? But man, it was extraordinary. And the country does not go to hell in a handbasket because the the money is out there, the the authorities for the federal agencies to keep to to work are in place. And for a blessing and a curse about having a government that's as big as ours, is that it keeps functioning even when Congress is. Uh, uh, i don 't want to say dithering but but distracted or not in session, so i think I think people need to uh, I, I, they can relax that the government 's going to keep going people are going to get their their social security medicare benefits, etc. The bigger problem for them is sometimes when Congress is in session and uh, is going to spend a ton of money and that's that's that 's a big problem.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of Americans feel that pain because that spending comes downstream into inflation. Inflation then brings up interest rates, and then all of a sudden, food, gas, and your mortgage aren't affordable anymore. And that's the vicious cycle we've been in. How optimistic are you that this can be resolved in the near future? Or do you think we're in for a long, drawn-out battle for speaker?
1: Um, I think we're we're in for a medium term. I would hope that by, by the time Friday afternoon comes, we'd have a new speaker. Uh um, yeah, I'm an optimist on this, uh, and I don't mind saying that my optimism might be wrong, but uh, I think Jim needs to exert his his personality and work with these folks, and if he does, I think that they'll come around. Um, in the meantime, uh, we need to be doing a lot of votes, and uh, it's uncomfortable, it's painful, uh, some people think it's chaotic. It's not really chaotic. In my, in my opinion, it's not chaotic. I, uh, it's just chaotic is what's going on in America's lives today. Where you know, back home, as gas is five bucks a gallon, and people making decisions on whether, you know, uh, whether they can even go out the weekend, or you know, the, the things in people's personal lives that are that are going on with this administration's policies. The border. You want to know what's chaotic? The border is chaotic, John. That's chaotic. What you're seeing here is, is the Constitutional Republic, representative government, in action, and um, we have a division in this country. We have the hard, hard left, and then you have people on the right. And then there's somewhere in the middle, and the, and uh, people are having trouble uh, coming to Jim Jordan because they're angry with me or whatever it may be. But I believe that that these people will sooner or later say, look, you know what? For the good of the country, we're going to let this go. And Jim Jordan can be speaking.
0: That seems to be the only play. And for clarity, the McHenry extended 90 day, that's not an option for you or for many lawmakers, is it?
1: No, it's not. not, Not at all.
0: Well, that's something we'll be watching because a lot of the uh, mainstream media are chairing that idea on right now. But my sense of it is that it would require 100 votes or 50 to 100 votes of Democrats. And the Democrats are going to want something big in return for that. And we know what that is. That means more spending and less control of government. So we'll be watching that. Congressman, it's always an honor. You bring such clarity to where you stand, where Congress is moving. We're so grateful for an update on what is a very dramatic day in Washington.
1: Well, thanks, John. Keep up your good work, too, and, and your audience. I mean, uh, we need their support. We need to help us get this get through this, right? Yeah,
0: there's no doubt. The American people are behind Common Sense, and uh, you represent that every day, so I know, I know they're behind you as well. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, sir. We appreciate the update. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, Senator Marsha Blackburn, one of the most sage voices on national security in the United States Senate, she's going to talk about her efforts to prevent the $6 billion from ever being delivered to Iran that Joe Biden unfroze. She's going to talk about keeping Palestinian refugees from coming to the United States or USAID to going to the Hamas-occupied territory of Gaza. All of that up next, right after these messages. Hey, folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. Sign up now for amac.us slash justnews. And for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews. And extend the invitation to a friend,
2: Welcome back. Just hours ago, a group of Republican senators, led by Tennessee's own Marsha Blackburn, took to a press podium on Capitol Hill to to condemn Hamas's attacks on Israel. Now, during this press conference, the group also shined light on our own vulnerabilities related to our southern border and the threats to uh, our homeland that we face because of that. So, Senator Blackburn announced new legislation to halt all funding until Iran is expelled from the UN and investigated for violations. The senior Republican from Tennessee joins us to talk about her legislation now. Senator Blackburn, welcome to the show. Thank you for
3: being here. I am so pleased to join you. Thank you.
2: Senator, you said a number of of things in this press conference, one of which I want to tackle because, you know, six billion dollars in unfrozen assets to Iran. That's just kind of the most the the most recent batch of money over the course of the Biden administration. I think it amounts to uh, 50 billion, but this six billion dollars. Um, if that is refrozen, I suppose, how big of a dent does that make? Or is it is it really just uh, the symbolism of standing strong on that? Uh,
3: if we can refreeze the money, which we should do, and the Biden administration felt the pressure that was brought to bear on the ability to refreeze this money. After 19 colleagues joined me and we sent a letter over to the White House to say it's appropriate to freeze those accounts. So that's a good first step. It sends that message to Iran that they are not going to get this money because we know what they're doing with the money. They are the world's largest sponsor, state sponsor of terrorism. They give about $100 million per year to Hamas and also to Hezbollah. They use their proxies to carry out their dirty work and they assisted Hamas in planning this attack. They apply, they give not only the money, but also supplies, weaponry, et cetera, to Hamas every year. So freezing it with a formal announcement, not one of these quiet deals, as they say, they've made that. With, uh, with Hamas or with Iran and Qatar to just quietly freeze those funds. It needs to be a formal freezing and they should never touch that money. So we're pushing that. We also are pushing the uh, re-implementation of the sanctions on Iran. You mentioned the $50 billion that iran has come into under this administration much of what has happened has been the easing of sanctions that the trump administration put in place and when you've eased those sanctions iran has gone back into the oil production business they've gone from producing a few hundred barrels a day up to Believe it or not, three million barrels a day. They're making about a billion dollars a week on exporting oil. Their largest purchaser is China. And you also have Russia that is a purchaser. And what are they doing with this money? They are not tending to the Iranian people. They are putting it into uranium enrichment and they're putting it into terrorism.
0: It's just remarkable. I want to ask about another idea that Secretary Blinken floated in the last 24 hours and that the squad has been pushing from day one, and that is to get U.S. aid uh, immediately to the Palestinians. But with the control of Hamas in the Palestinian territories, is that a bad idea?
3: it is a bad idea we know what they do with that aid money you could look at what has transpired with the un agency for relief and readiness and uh, relief and work for the palestinian refugees it's called UNRWA, and uh, trump cut all the money to this agency and joe biden has put 730 million dollars into this agency since he became president What we have found out is the agency has hired people that are affiliated with Hamas. We know that some of these affiliated individuals have stolen money. We also know that they are storing weapons in the UNRWA facilities that are there in Gaza. So we're saying cut this aid and cut it until Iran is expelled from the UN. There is no reason for Iran who is sponsoring all this terrorism to be a part of the UN. They are carrying out these attacks. They are practicing terrorism. They ought not to be there. Senator, I think a lot of Americans look at some of the
2: tensions that we are experiencing with these nations and they seem like they are they are continents away. Uh, Russia, China, Iran, but something you've spoken about with respect to border security, these special interest aliens, uh, what, 30 from Iran, 100 from Russia, 2,000 Chinese nationals. The chickens are coming home to roost, aren't they?
3: Yes, they are. And those are the numbers for this month so far. Right. That is what they have apprehended in the month of October Mm. 2023. Now, Why in the world do you think 30 Iranians, 35 Pakistanis, 100 plus Russians and 2000 Chinese have been apprehended at the border? Now, some of these people may be coming trying to escape oppression, but I think it's probably a pretty safe bet that many of them are not coming here with honorable intentions. And it is imperative that we secure that southern border.
0: Yeah, that it is. Mm Uh, Senator, for much of the last half century, there's been a common principle to foreign policy, and that is that we achieve peace through strength. But beginning yeah. in the Obama administration and continuing into the Biden administration, Trump era obviously being an interruption to that, there's been a common figure at the helm of most national security decisions, Jake Sullivan. I want us to get your honest assessment of Jake Sullivan's stewardship and his approach to appeasing Iran. How much has it contributed to the well conundrum we're in now? Yeah.
3: Well, and John, you know, I have called for him to be removed as Mm -hmm. our national security director. He does not serve either the American people or the president or this administration well. And he should be removed. You can go back and look at the 2015 Iran nuclear deal, the JCPOA. This was something that did not serve us well and he was part of the architecture framework on that he also has been deeply involved in this hostage exchange and the six billion dollars there are people working in the administration that have top secret security clearances that have been involved with the iran experts initiative Jake Sullivan knows that he has not stopped these people from getting those security clearances. He helped Hillary Clinton come up with Russiagate. And, uh, you know, Bob Gates said Joe Biden had been wrong on every foreign policy issue for the last 40 years. And Jake Sullivan has been a part of advising him for somebody to think that the Middle East is quiet. And then two weeks later, you see this disruption. You know that their appeasement did not work. And their soft attitude toward Iran and toward terrorism has not served our nation well. It hasn't served our allies well. And we have 30 dead Americans. We have several that are being held hostage. We have 1,400 dead Israelis. Uh, we have thousands of people that are injured. We have just hundreds and thousands of American citizens who have loved ones that are in Israel. And they're trying to get out of the country. Our our office has fielded so many calls and we have helped 85 uh, Tennesseans get out. Wow. So uh, let's, I think they need to clean up the national security uh, shop over at the White House. They need to focus on securing our homeland. They need to focus on securing freedom around the globe. They need to get back to the work of protecting this country and our people.
0: All right, folks, one more good one to go. In just a few seconds, we're going to hear from our good friend Bobby Charles because it's AMAC Wednesday. And you know what AMAC Wednesday means? It means that you have an opportunity to join for a discounted rate my good friends at the Association for Mature American Citizens, AMAC as we know them. They are the conservative alternative to AARP for those over the age of 50. They have all the great discounts that you would come to expect. In fact, my membership paid for itself on just a few short trips because I use my discount card all the time. But you also get incredible political intelligence analysis like that that comes from Rebecca Weber, who's been joining me on TV lately. Bobby Charles, who comes on every Wednesday on this show. And then you get civic opportunities to be an election observer or to contact your state legislature or member of Congress about important policy discussions, and so much more. And that goes through the AMAC Action Arm. I got to tell you, it is a community you're joining. You get a monthly magazine that is absolutely gorgeous and truly informative. So join me at AMAC to become a member like I did. It's real simple. You're going to get a five-year membership. You get a load of this five-year membership for just $35. That's the lowest price I've ever seen for a five-year membership. Go today to amac.us slash townhall amac.us slash town hall amac.us slash town hall and using that special code you're going to get 50% off and i say this because tonight is our town hall presidential interview with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. A lot of news coming out of that. You're gonna want to check all that out. But why not join AMAC and say thank you for supporting John Solomon, Just the News, Just the News, No Noise, a television show. You can do that by becoming a five-year member at just $35, what a bargain that is. All right, folks, when we come back, Bobby Charles from AMAC, he'll be joining us right after this.
1: BP added more than $70 billion to the US economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
2: Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free?
0: Welcome back, America. President Joe Biden will be traveling to Israel tomorrow in the middle of what has really become an extraordinary volatile situation. We thought we would turn to one of the wisest minds when it comes to diplomacy and accountability in America. He's a former assistant secretary of state, now the national spokesman for one of our proud sponsors here. He is our good friend, Bobby Charles, and he joins us now from AMAC. Bobby, good to have you back on the show.
4: John, it is always my
0: privilege. Uh, wow. What a day in uh, uh, the Middle East. We have the president headed over. We got some mixed messaging coming out of the White House and then uh, a massive explosion at a hospital. Hamas comes out, said Israeli armaments sit there. Israel said, no, it's not. It's a misguided missile from Hamas. Uh, this is a really uh, tense situation with the president heading in there. What should we be watching for
4: You know, John, I've spent a lot of time in the Middle East, a lot of time in Israel and Jordan, uh, Saudi Arabia. And I will just tell you, this is probably the tensest time in my adult uh, history that I've seen occur uh, as it relates to Gaza and to Israel. Uh, In my opinion, and I'll just open with this, uh, I think Joe Biden has backed us into two wars, two proxy wars, one by inviting an incursion by Russia into Ukraine, which has now got NATO on a first front, essentially fighting a proxy war against Russia. And now by, by, by really indulging Iran, we are in the bid, Biden indulging Iran, we're in the business right now of fighting a second proxy war, a second front. Uh, that will only get worse in the weeks ahead. It's not going to get any better. I think Hezbollah will get involved. I think Iran will get more directly involved. And I think that the thing could really get spin out of control. And and, you know, we are not equipped. We've got two carrier battle groups over there, the Ford and the Eisenhower. We are not equipped to fight a third front. We have always ever thought we would fight a two. We're prepared for uh, we would like to think we're prepared for a two-front war but you know i see th- i think china going to lean in on this and i think it's going to get ugly as you just mentioned we've got the first reported uh, sort of follow-on casualties from the initial declaration and the initial attack by hamas and i think people just ought to all- also remember that wars seem like they're far away and they seem like they're abstract and they seem like they're they're just something out of a history book but innocents on both sides die And what Hamas has done in many ways and what unfortunately will follow is a uh, to put a lot of innocents at risk, Palestinians, uh, innocent Palestinians and innocent Israelis. And who knows if this thing gets out of control, potentially others from other countries. So it's a deep concern. We live in consequential times, John, and I think people just need to stay glued to what's going on and keep their heads about them. You know, to borrow from Rudyard Kipling, we need to keep our heads about us when when those around us are losing them. Ah, good advice. Absolutely.
2: There seems to be a lot of, of losing heads are uh, losing minds rather. Um that was perfect segue because you know you mentioned these proxy wars and you know the United States right now it feels like we're in kind of a game of whack-a-mole because you know we had the situation in Ukraine with Russia and now this the situation in Israel and you mentioned China and I want to ask you about that because I think for me the concern is that with with our heads in the game regarding those two conflicts that I mentioned is this going to be an opportunity for China to seize on uh in going after in in a more aggressive way Taiwan?
4: So just such a great question, and it's very timely. uh, And I think for a long time it's been abstract, and it has suddenly become very concrete. Look, the United States, and I was also a Naval Intelligence Officer for 10 years, we have 11 carrier battle groups. We have two of them deployed right now uh, around this this Middle Eastern crisis. Uh, We might end up needing two uh, in the Pacific, South Pacific, and we could even need more than that. And so I think one of the things we've got to do is remember that... uh, (laughs) you know we're up against a couple of if you fumble the ball and people start kicking it down the field it only gets worse it doesn't get any better and right now we've got a fumble uh in ukraine which has caused tremendous loss of innocent life uh it is Putin's fault but uh we could have preempted that biden could have preempted that we've now got a major conflagration in the middle east that is not going to get uh, easier. It's going to get harder. And I think China sees all of this, whether they take... And you know, sometimes they do something by surprise. It's it's somewhat predictable, but it's also a surprise. So they could try to take a piece of the Philippines. They could try to take uh, one of the Japanese-controlled islands. They could try to take uh, an island of Taiwan's. They could try to take the Sakhalin Islands. It, 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 they, they're going to look at this as an opportunity to test the United States, push the United States, and potentially... I mean, we all know what could happen. They could try to take Taiwan. And I think we just need to realize that all this stuff is theoretical until it becomes real. And that is exactly what people understood about the threats to Israel. It's exactly what Iran, you know, we've talked theoretically about Iran getting a nuclear weapon. Uh, Iran could turn around tomorrow and have that nuclear weapon. China could turn around tomorrow and uh, and put a quarantine or, or a bombing missions in over Taiwan. So I think people need to be aware if you're not ready Uh, you pay a price. If you're weak instead of strong, you pay a price.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt. Bobby, with the time we have, left, we've got about a couple minutes left. I want to ask a little bit about the Palestinian lobby in the United States. Uh, uh, Qatar has uh, uh, kept many of the Hamas leaders in their country with safe harbor for the last decade. Uh, Qatar, meanwhile, has spent one point six billion dollars on education here in the United States, giving money to universities and grants. Also has an army of lobbyists kind of carrying out a mind game that has changed a lot of opinions of young people. Young people are not nearly as allied with Israel as our generation and every prior generation. Uh, How dangerous is this PR game that some of these Arab nations are playing on our soil?
4: Well, you know, I I think it's very important to distinguish peoples from governments, and I think it's very important to distinguish peoples from terrorist organizations. And I think it's very important to understand where the terror comes from. I I know I'm beating a, 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 you know, a drum here, but I think Iran is behind all of this. And I think Iran would like very much to. Uh, lean forward and, and really uh, imperil the United States, they call us the great Satan. As to lobbies, people don't realize it. I mean, I have never worked for a foreign country, but I'm going to tell you something. These countries, every Arab country, every European country, uh, all the countries that, that have, uh, and I'm sorry to say it, but have drug traffickers from China to Mexico to Colombia to to you name it, they've all got lobbying arms over here. What's happened is that there has been a failure to educate to articulate the difference as Ronald Reagan was so good at doing between peoples and bad governments and bad organizations. And in my opinion, no one, no one, including anybody on any college campus in America should be advocating for a terrorist organization. Not now, not never. I don't care how you justify uh, what you think is wrong. Uh, At the same time, I, I think one of the things that Biden did is he kicked to the side Uh, the peace process that was ongoing with the Abrahamic Accords. And Mm -hmm. what Donald Trump was doing was he was trying very hard to bring peace. And uh, ultimately, we've lost that moment.
0: All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Thank you for joining. A big thank you to Andy Biggs, Marshall Blackburn, and of course, Bobby Charles. If you want to get that $35 five-year membership deal at AMAC, go to amac.us slash Town Hall don't use the Just News this time use Town Hall so amac.us slash town hall you're going to get $35 for five years membership at AMAC that is a steal go do that today guys and join me match me it's a great way to say thank you to AMAC for supporting the Just News family and secondly because it matters a lot as I told you healthy living healthy eating healthy exercising a big part of my 2023 focus for me personally and one way I'll do that with factor meals gourmet chef designed dietitian approved meals that you can cook in the microwave for two minutes and they are rocking good. And if you want to go get 50% off your first order at Factor Meals, go to factormeals.com slash just News 50, FactorMeals.com slash Just News 50, Just News 50, and you will get that incredible 50% off. You can also use Just News 50 as a promo code at checkout. It'll get you that same 50% off. All right, that wraps up today's edition. We'll be back tomorrow with more programming. Until then, check out JustNews.com or the Just The News apps on the Android and Apple stores. Go download them. Go become a member of the Just The News family. Put it on your phone. Be proud of it. We'll have more programming tomorrow. we we'll got some great guests on tap for the rest of the week some big names. So be sure to tune in tomorrow. We'll give you all the latest news, the drama on Capitol Hill, a new vote tomorrow to see if Jim Jordan on his third try might be able to get through. We'll have all of that and so much more. Have a great night and God bless you. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out.